Welcome to the future of email. I'm Dr. Matthew Dunn, founder and CEO of Campaign Genius. We help email platforms grow by giving their customers the power of real-time visual media in their email marketing. We believe that email is the critical civil media channel today for business and commerce. This podcast features the leading innovators in email marketing. Stick around to the end. I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on the Cutting Edge podcast on the future of email. Let's go. Hey, everybody. Welcome. This is Dr. Matthew Dunn, host of the Future of Email Marketing podcast. And I'm delighted to have as my guest today, after a whole bunch of silly logistics, getting him aboard, uh, Paul Schreiner, who is co-founder and chief evangelist at Audience Point. Paul, welcome. I'm so happy to have you on. Yeah, thank you for having me. I've been looking forward to this one. Um, your reputation precedes you. <laughs> so does my nose, pal. So does my nose. Tell us a bit about you know. Tell us a bit about you. I've got some. I've got some speed round questions in a second. But how did you end up doing what you're doing? Because you've got quite a diverse background. That is true, and um, I, I kind of backed my way into email a little bit. I don't want to say accidentally because that really does sound like I'm stumbling and bumbling but <laughs> sometimes the you pick the industry and sometimes it picks you and in this case it was one where it picked me yeah um uh, of all things I was on staff with Young Life I was the area director That's right. for Young Life on the Olympic Peninsula so Port Townsend Port Angeles and Forks right. and um the the things that are true about that which makes it kind of interesting or the story kind of interesting is Rural poverty, small towns, right. uh, so low population bases, mm-hmm. uh, and you have to raise your mu- your budget from those areas. At least that's the model that Young Life uses. That you would raise from within your own community. Mm-hmm. The challenge was these are people that didn't have money. Right. They're driving school bus. They're driving truck. That's how they paid their bills. And and while um, you know every every any amount that was given felt like an incredible gift, mm-hmm. uh, and, and it did. Um, it was also very, um, it was difficult. It was difficult to raise money there because while, while your hundred dollar check, I know the impact that had on your family to give, mm-hmm. um, it, it didn't pay the bills the way bigger checks would, if that made sense. And so I, I sort of early on went to the conclusion, okay, I need to raise from outside my community, mm-hmm. um, to sort of pay for this effort. And so uh, I, I was sending out emails and things oh, were, wow. I, I've always been a pretty good writer, storyteller. I, I wave my hands, mm-hmm. you know, like this is mm-hmm. always who I've been. Mm-hmm. And so um started sending emails out. Yeah. What I found was uh, there's people I was missing. Or, or so, you t- uh, when was this like just historically? Oh yeah. Yeah. So this would have been, so I started on staff 2004. Mm-hmm. And left staff about 2016, 2015, I want to say. Okay. Um, And so it's, I would say we're talking about 2005, 2006. Okay. So sending emails, it was mostly newsletters. Hey, here's what's going on. And Mm -hmm. there was always an ask at the end that was sort of a gentle ask. If you want to be part of this, let me know. Right. 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 So we're sending emails out. And what was happening was uh, I I would follow up with phone calls for the important people and say, hey, I don't know if you got that email. Would love for you to participate. And Mm -hmm. And what was interesting was there's a lot of people who'd be like, no, I, I didn't get your email. Oh wow. And and so like my current business partner, I sent him an email, sent it out at 11 o'clock at night, four towns in time, do 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 send. Right. And, um, so I called him. He's like, 
I didn't get the email. I don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, I sent it to you. Check your email. I sent it at 11 o'clock. And so he goes to 11 o'clock and he's like, I don't see anything. And I was like, well, you're oh. Eastern time. So that's going to be 2 a.m. your time. And he said, you sent me an email at 2 a.m. And I said, no, I sent you an email at 11 o'clock. He's like, but it says it's here at 2 a.m. And I was like, time zones, ma'am. That's the way they work, right? But at the same time, it was representative of this bigger problem, right? Which at least at the time, which was one size does not fit all. I can't just blast an email out and hope that everyone hits it. And right, so Andy's right. like, I, I don't know what to tell you. You're a nerd. Solve this problem. And so, you know, because my solution is never, let me just Google a bunch of solutions. It's like, I, I'm a programmer. I bet I can figure this out. Right. <laughs> and so it hits me. I was like, okay, what if, what if we kept track of when people open email right, and right. then send it at that point? And so did that saw a pretty meaningful lift and um okay. where does this fit how does it fit it was it was an email right at first i thought it was probably much more social no it was email and then the more time i've spent in the industry the more just kind of how my brain works where here's a problem here's a solution mm-hmm. uh has kind of fit and and this is an industry that's sort of i don't want to say begging for innovation but it's certainly you know i think that's part of the the interest of your of your show here right like how do we how do we focus on innovation because it's an industry that's i want to say usually a couple years behind Mm. the rest of technology yeah yeah paul's paul's being uh paul's being modest if you're listening because he he just he just kind of skated from uh port townsend which is a small town on the tip of the olympic peninsula in washington to what did you tell me to over two billion uh, sort of meaningful core records inside audience point. Yeah. That's <laughs> two and a half gross. billion. Yeah, two and a half billion. But who's so killing? Let's let's talk about that because <laughs> you know, like the the whole send time optimization thing. Now it's a household mm-hmm. name, right? Right. But right. when when we when we kind of first built it, it was like, hey, I've got this idea, right? And what should we call this thing? I don't know. Like we've got send and time. And we're optimizing. There it is. Boom. Yeah, sold. yeah, really. Right, right. And and sort of backing our way into it, it was right at the same time Silver Pop was releasing kind of their 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 version of the same thing. Okay. And it just without talking to each other, we all kind of landed on this is what it's gonna be called. Oh, interesting. Now early on, yeah, early on, and we're kind of victims of our own naivete and ignorance, right? Early on, we were like we need to store as much data as we possibly can because that's going to allow us to arrive at better conclusions and better decisions. Mm-hmm. Where at the time, Silver Pop was just kind of taking the last 10 touches and just sort of doing a count mm-hmm. and saying, all right, looks like 4 p.m. because there's two touches there, mm-hmm. 4 o'clock. Where we were like, no, no, let's store everything anyone's ever done with anyone. Right, right. We built everything from the beginning from this perspective of we've got this data pool. Okay. And and with that data pool, it was it was like, okay, if we're taking this data on, mm-hmm. early, early on, we sort of arrived at this conclusion of like a security by design model, right? If we're going to take people's data, we need to secure it and protect it. Okay. And so that was where we started. So as these new uh, legislative uh, instruments, CCPA, GDPR, and there's a bunch more coming. Yeah. We were prepared for those so that we would be ready. So what do we do? We take that sort of email address, de-identify it, and then we hang a bunch of sort of what you'd call maybe not all that interesting data on its own when someone opens or clicks an email. And we arrive at a lot of interesting conclusions from that. Gotcha. When do they open? How often do they open? When should we target them? 
I'm not to mention sort of the implications of like, well, they're engaging with you, but they're not engaging with anyone else in the world or they're engaging with all of these other brands, but you can't get a pulse. Hmm. You're missing it. So there's a lot of just like telling as a brand, telling your brand story mm-hmm. because you have better information. Right. And that's kind of what we're doing now. And so, yeah, we went from like, Hey, I've got this idea. We're mm-hmm. doing it with young life, you mm-hmm. know, couple hundred people on my list uh, to uh, our first customer. Yeah. Our first customer was Sony, uh, Amiga, oh, wow. Sony Europe. Right. They call they're like, hello, this is Sony. And we're like, all oh, right. No, it's not, but you do have an English accent. So that's kind of interesting. Maybe you are who you say you are. So, and- so you guys found some, you guys found some product market fit kind of snap for right. a company that big right. volume. We did, and that's I think probably what drove a lot of our innovation early. Right. right. But um, we weren't we weren't ready for that kind of scale or volume. Now let me. So let me, order orders of magnitude will have you know that's what that does. Yeah, yeah. Let me uh, let me let me pause and and rewind and because I try to keep in mind that someone may be listening and not not getting a chance to see both of our hands up in the air at points. So so if you're an email marketer and you're you're listening to this and, and say you're where Paul was a few years back, like, you know, you're just you're sending emails to help keep your business or organization connected to your market, your customers, the audience point proposition, correct me if I don't have this accurate, is that y- you can connect better by having some intel about their own preferences and things that drive them to read your email. And then right. you're, 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 you're doing some degree of making, making that knowledge of that an anonymized de-identified person right. better because you may see some patterns about them from someone right. else who's also an emailer, who's also connected to audience point somehow. Fair. Right. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah, okay. That, that okay. is the value proposition. Okay. Fascinating. Yeah. And I think the deeper we dive into this domain, there's two things that have kind of come to the surface. Because you're talking about that that person that's emailing. Mm-hmm. Part of it is, I think, learning to be patient with the data because the data has a story unto itself. Mm-hmm. And so where at first it was just like, well, we got to figure out when people are engaging. Right. The more we sat with that, the more we were like, well, it's not just when they're engaging, but how old is it? Right. How how far away from now? Oh, is, now you okay, got me That's curious. a factor, yeah. right? Uh, what's what about proximity? So, like, if you were yeah. to sort of take your, you know, a calendar, you know, you'd say you've got sort of weeks and and you have days, right? And I'm and I'm drawing a, you know, what looks like a really poorly drawn. You know, I have an art art degree, you know, from Seattle Pacific. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you can tell that's definitely well worth money spent, right? But so, you know, you, your, your uh, vertical rows, uh, vertical rows, that's going to be your sort of day of week. Uh-huh. And you've got your uh, horizontal rows, which would be sort of your, sure. your uh, week at a time, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep. And so if you start to look and start to th- see, is there, are there, are there patterns to mm-hmm. that sort of, and, you know, cause I'm, we're all marketers here and we put our marketing hat on, you know, quickly early on, I coined those micro patterns because micro patterns sells tickets better uh we we also could call them click densities or open densities you know there's ways to sort of frame that but but the idea is are there are there sort of these little patterns that live within this bigger story right okay so we got to be patient to find those Mm -hmm. is there patterns from like are there times when you open more 
Are there times when you click more? And depending on what you're trying to accomplish as a marketer, you might use your algorithm to target that accordingly, right? The, the, the devil becomes a little bit in the details. How do you align your goals with your technology spend and your effort and, and all of that? I'm I, I'm curious. I want to throw something at you because like the, we're, our world's intersected a little bit here uh, in, in, in terms of uh, in terms of campaign genius and real time content. Right. Does Audience Point have data about about the content of the message? You you've mentioned time. You've mentioned sender. Right. Do, do you know whether it's, you know, words or pictures, uh, re- repeat message, not repeat message, anything like that? We don't. Okay, we don't. We, we, we have just, we, and, and, and part of that's right. Like you choose to know what you want to know mm-hmm. because, and, and you say, I'm going to ignore these other pieces mm-hmm. because, and, and early on I did some stuff around sort of um, querying the raw headers coming into the uh, of the message yeah uh as as a chrome extension right to and 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 the value exchange here was you know let's say you install this chrome extension on your computer mm-hmm. and, and and the idea was hey marketer we're going to tell you who sent this email mm-hmm. to you uh in exchange uh we'll get to know that that you opened that email at that time right, right. Right, right. It's the equivalent of like if we put a quarter in every slot machine in Las Vegas, you know, we're eventually going to make enough money from that. And so <laughs> uh, it was really interesting. So I built this really cool Chrome extension and and I'm using uh, this JavaScript library called gmail.js. Yep. And allowed me to walk through your entire inbox and I could steal all of your timestamps. Right. Steal right. is the right. right word there. Right. 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 And so I sit down with our attorney and I say, hey, I've got this cool thing. It's amazing. And, oh. and he was like, we cannot do this. We cannot do this. You cannot, you cannot do this, Paul. And I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, well, look, we can get this, this, and this. And I was like, and I built these filter levels in, so it prevents me from getting access to, to PII and PHI, right? And he's like, how do you know? He's like, what if there's a subject line that says, hey, Paul, yeah. how's that shot going, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. oh, yeah. He's like, you yeah. just can't. We can't, yeah. can't, yeah. can't, can't, yeah. can't, can't, yeah. can't walk people's inboxes. And so lesson learned. I don't even know how we got to that particular discussion here. I asked you about content, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so we, my, my our, our attorney said, no, you're not allowed to get into the content game okay. and all. And, Interesting. and honestly, probably wise, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, there's a, there's a, there's an interesting boundary condition there on not just, not just the, not just the, Privacy considerations, right. which are obviously becoming, you know, more and more a, a, a real live cultural, civic, you know, governmental issue. Yep. Um, but but the content issue as well. Like if you're if you if you're blind to what someone's blind in a you know technical sense, I guess if you have to stay blind to what it is they're reading, what it is they're seeing, how it's right. formatted, or any of those things. Um, the the causal spark for their behavior isn't being factored in to the intel because right. because you, you can't you can't if you can't know or and if there's right. no if there's no you know taxonomy from the marketer that says this was this kind of message or that was that kind of content yeah that's right. a, that's a, that's an interesting opportunity um, it does point us in a direction that I wanted to go with you as well because while while I'm really interested in talking about 
the innovative edge of things that are happening with email, like what you guys are doing with with uh, with send time optimization, it strikes me that where innovation for the last, oh, call it 20 plus years as digital has exploded, has all been about doing new stuff and doing more stuff, right? There's right. a developer who says, uh, I, oh, wait, I can do more with that. Innovation is also about increasingly about doing the right things or better things, not right. just more. Thoughts? Right. Yeah. I mean, yes. Like, uh, and, and this is something we early on thought, well, goodness, we can do all of this with data. But part of the innovation was, are we doing it in a way that honors subscriber intent? Mm -hmm. Are we doing it in a way that honors uh, legislative um, instruments that live yeah, out there, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, we've tried to be very, very cognizant, right, uh, of, of intent. What is the what is the subscriber expecting you to do with this data? Mm -hmm. uh, I think, yes, it's right here. There you go. <laughs> That's one of the five children. Uh, awesome. So, yes. Five. Wow. So, yeah, I know. I know. We're gluttons for punishment. Um, so, but that, you know, the idea of, uh, y yes, innovation certainly is that. I, I think this, this has been a conversation we've been having lately internally, right? As we grow up a little bit and grow from just sort of a send time optimization model mm -hmm. into how often should I email? What are the signals that exist? How do we, how do we, how do we package this? Mm -hmm. There is a, there's a cost to that, right? There's a cost. The, that freewheeling cowboy, I can do this pew, 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 you know, where you shoot your, your six guns in the air, the old West, we have to grow up. And with that, there's a cost to it, right? So what about ISO 27001? What about SOC 2 compliance? How do we, how do we both innovate, which is freewheeling, and yes, we can do that stuff and still adhere to some of those things that are a lot more expensive to to cover. So look, here's a here's a here's a funny maybe maybe a slightly pointed way to ask the question. But have you ha has audience point algorithmically or whatever ever said to an audience point customer? What you really should be doing is not mailing this guy or mailing him less. Yeah, absolutely. We will do that all the time. That's, nice. That's in our wheelhouse. Usually, yeah. but I've also heard from <laughs> our partners and email service providers and, and people that fit there like, yeah, we can't do that because we make money when they email them more. Does right. that make sense? Yeah, no, it, it, it does. Although that's an arg argument I've got. With and you, I think you and I have touched on this in in past conversations. With uh, sometimes it seems like the playbook for email marketing it lags even further behind the technology. Um, you know, I, I look at myself in my inbox and think, you know, if I heard from you less, but every time it was more on point right. or more valuable or more whatever, um, my relationship with you as a company would probably go up would i be likely to buy more i yeah. don't know i don't know separate conversation right but my attention is right. is the commodity here my interest is the commodity yep. here and if you think you make more money by by emailing me more 
That's true until your list starts going, uh, go pound sand, unsubscribe, unsubscribe, right. unsubscribe, right? There's well, tolerance. And I would say that's a little uh, where I'd answer that. It, there's there's propensity modeling, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a little bit of what we're doing is saying like, okay, so you do open more, you do click more, mm-hmm. you have a propensity to handle more. So we should email you more. Right, right. You email, you open less, you click less. So if we send more email to you, you're not going to open more of it. It's just going to sit in. It's And right. there's going to be a point where you reach where you're just like, I just can't handle you anymore. Yeah. You know, love you, Matthew, but yeah, I just yeah. Yeah, unsubscribe. Subscribe, right? Or bozo filter and you never know. Right. And right. now I'd like to do some of that deeper dive analysis to say, if we send you less email, mm-hmm. are we are are we are we getting fewer unsubscribes? I think right. so. Yeah. I haven't yeah. done that deep dive analysis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, one of the, one of the things, um, and again, I'm thinking in terms of you know, in terms of a a listener who's like they're just thinking in terms of email for marketing, and you you start to realize what a what an enormous picture wraps right. wraps around that that jejun every day i just hit send and it, it magically goes to the other side of the planet and you get it right it's like wow this is a lot more sophisticated than i thought well right and i'll and i'll throw one of those things out there because i had a conversation with an agency yesterday it was really really fascinating they the the story is this they they got a they're working with this brand and the brand, you know, they click send. Now, what's happening is they're seeing their open rates go down, go down, go down, go down. Okay. And I'll even give you numbers. They said, we were when we inherited this customer, they were clicking along at about a 30% open rate. They said, wow. right now, today, we've made no changes. It is now at a 7% open rate. What is going on? What's yeah. the problem yeah. here? And I said, well, email is small ball, right? And if you take everything from the perspective that like, just all you have to do is click send. Yeah, there's a whole lot that goes into the simplicity of a single button that says, do this, send, right? And I said, let me tell you what probably what's happened. And they're like, okay, you you inherited this list and you're starting to see open rates, click rates go down. And so someone said, we should create a C name for this, mail.brand.com. Right. They're like, that's exactly right. what we did. I was like, good, wow. that's part of the playbook, right? <laughs> And then I said, so then what happens is any sort of domain sender reputation that you had is gone. Right. So right. you're having to sort of rewarm these IP addresses. Did you do that? They're like, yes, we did warm our IP. So tell me about how you did that. Well, you know, we did small chunks and we grew that, grew that, grew that. And I was like, okay, were these small chunks that you warmed based off of engagement data? Did you do any sort of modeling around sending yeah. your best subscribers first so that these IP addresses. No, we didn't do that. Okay. 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 And yeah. so, so now you're going to see this go down, 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 down further till you're now at 7%. And the brand that you're working with is saying, is this even worth the program anymore? Right. Why'd you, why'd we so, so the simplicity thing is yes, there's just a button, but I said, here's the thing, order your, in terms of your IP warming, order it from the most engaged to the least engaged mm-hmm. and drop the least engaged in your warming. You're going to see that reputation pop up really quickly. But the other thing that I think is super interesting is even on your regular deployments, if you order your subscribers based off of the most engaged to the least engaged, mm-hmm. your mailbox providers, the Gmails, the Yahoo's, the Microsoft's in the world, 
say, okay, this is a hot list. They're good. Let them all through. Right. Right. And it's really, really fascinating. So even so like that, like how you order your list that gets deployed Mm -hmm. when you click send Mm -hmm. has a substantial impact on all of those downstream metrics. Yeah. Deliver. Yeah. Boy, that's open. Uh, quick, that's sent, invaluable. Converted. That's that's invaluable advice because you the the tool doesn't necessarily the what you think is the tool, right? Your your right. ESP doesn't necessarily tell you to do that first, right? Like right. I've used a few dozen hundred whatever ESPs. And there's no things. reason to we don't need to date ourselves here. You know what I mean? <laughs> We're both spring chickens. Ah, exactly. No one needs well, to Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, no, it's just um that 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 layers of complexity beyond just the send button, right? You've you know, we're paying a gazillion dollars for this, you know, fancy right. cloud platform. And it's like, yeah, you can use me badly or you can use me well, but there's a right. whole bunch of what what smarts and and um you know, experience distilled into practice, are you bringing to right. that send? It's not all baked into the tool set automatically. Right, right. Well, and it'd be ideal if it were. Is that a potential, um, is that a potential, you know, audience point as it grows, you know, part of your business to, to auto sort, for example, for an ESP? Yeah, I mean, yes, certainly. Certainly we are talking with email service providers and MTAs to say, how can we help get more of your emails through, right? Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it is in both of our best interests to get more email delivered, sure. right? Sure. And because that gives the email service provider a competitive advantage over everyone else. And it gives the, the, the brand that's doing the sending. So they're more likely to buy from that particular email service provider. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a value proposition all around that says, yes, more email getting through. Yeah wins wins the day wins the day yeah let's take this in a slightly different direction um just because we get to right um right one <laughs> one of the, one of the uh one of the many things that opens up the opportunity for innovation in a field like email is like it's not it's not sitting still with with nothing else changing around it talk to me a bit without you know without stomping on uh a trade secret like talk to me a bit about the some of the technical components involved in handling two and a half billion anything. Right. No, you're right. And that that wouldn't have been easy a decade ago. It's not, it's never been easy. And I would say it's still not right now, especially when you're talking about sort of the, the inclusion of sort of data governance on top of it. Cause we're not just talking about like, Hey, can we, can we do this in a way? So like, what I mean is, could you spin up a bunch of instances on AWS and be off to the races? Yeah. Yeah, probably like, you know, back in the day, um, uh, sharding, you know, just shard your database. That's all you got to do. Just shard it, which I always thought was the worst name. That's a horrible name. Uh, Right. Right. Just shard your database. Uh, I don't, I don't know who invented that name. It was probably not a good plan. Right. 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 Here's the deal done. We got the perfect plan for you. Then you know that thing where you're talking about splitting your database into different data. The name sharding. Go with it. It's gonna be huge. Shard it. <laughs> right. And you're like, dead didn't use that in the last three years. Thanks for bringing it right. you know, back up to the top. Ah. Right. 
So sharding. So like that, that, that was the model, how we do it. It did it. And mm -hmm. you can still do that, of course. But what, what I think is, you know, some of these newer data repository tools, tools like Cassandra, tools like Elasticsearch, um, yeah, MongoDB, things that are really sort of how do we stitch big data sets together yeah. that are quick to access, quick to retrieve, that are yeah. bulletproof. These are new tools and yeah. they have opened the door to being able to answer a lot more questions. Big table, yep. Google has that, yep. you know, yep. um, because it's not just, can we store it? Can we retrieve it? Yeah. Right. And I think, you know, I don't know if you remember, what was it? 20, 2012, 2013, the big hot, hot thing then was big data, right? We all got big data. We got to get yeah. big data, yeah. big data, yeah. big yeah. data, right? It yeah. was on everyone's poster. And, and I don't know who the kid was in the crowd that said the emperor's not wearing clothes, but you know, there's a point where, where we all went, okay, so what? Yeah. Yeah. So you've got a lot of data. Big mess. What does that mean? Yeah. What do you have? Yeah. Do you just, are you just storing ones and zeros or, or do you have something that you can do from it? Mm -hmm. And, 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 you know, enter, uh, what was that one with the elephant? Hadoop, Hadoop, yeah. Hadoop yeah, right? So yeah. let's pre-process everything. And so we've tried to figure it out. And I feel like we're finally at this place where the tool set has caught up with some of the thinking. You know, on the topic of innovation, I think this is really, uh, it's, it's been interesting the number of times I kind of land in these types of calls and conversations. Because mm -hmm. I, I do, I am, I think I am pretty passionate about it and enjoy sort of this thing. I'll tell you what, um, at every, if you look back sort of over history, when the majority of the innovation takes place is when, is not when there's the most money on the table. Uh, like, hey, you're like email's hot right now, right? Because we're seeing lots of acquisitions and all that. Yes, that that is the, the innovation that comes out there, I don't necessarily believe is need-based. That innovation is like, hey, you're spending money. I built your magical thing. That's maybe marketing driven mm -hmm. as opposed to, I need this tool because if I don't have this tool, I cannot function. My business ends, right? It's when your back is against the wall. When you're facing like these really clamped down GDPR or uh, CCPA that says our business cannot continue doing what we're doing because we, we are hitting this wall. Right. That is when those creative solutions uh, are, are sort of bubbled to the surface that say, um, I can solve this problem in a way that no one's ever done before, right? Because there's one, there is only one solution that will work here and, and, you know, roll the dice. And, and, and it's, it's those moments. Like, um, when did audience point happen? When did send time optimization grow out? Which it was innovation, which is now almost 20 years old, right? Or I guess 15 years old. Mm -hmm. It was staring at the housing crisis, right? Oh, it's really? when people, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's going, man, I can't find any, I can't find any, um, non young life work. Like I was doing young life, but I couldn't raise money. It was super, super hard. Right, right. And we were, we were, uh, uh, you know, I, I couldn't pick up any programming work and I had to raise a budget or like, Hey, Hey wife and family, we just, we won't be able to eat. Right. 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 Back. And so it's when your back is against the wall there that you're like, I don't have another option. Yeah. My option is innovation, period. Hmm. Hmm. And so, you know, as we're staring at sort of 
post-COVID um, times when, when, you know, people have lost their jobs, our economy is tanked, mm-hmm. when we are staring now, yes, email is the hot thing right now, but next week it will not be, right? <laughs> when we're staring at post-COVID and we're staring at, wow, we've got all of these new data protections in place that feel very constraining, our entire industry that is based off of information and understanding people mm-hmm. will be hamstrung. And it is in those moments that we will see the greatest innovations come out. Right, because there'll be a because there'll be a need and necessity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or we, if we don't do this, we're out of business. Yeah. That that is that is a powerful motivator. It's also struck me watching you know watching the digital space, which is most of my career time, watching it evolve. Um, you know, the thing that's got a label and a you know a trade name like Shard, like. There was some guy who was just like, you know, you know what? Hmm, let me try this. I think I could do this or I've got an idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and and one of the things that I quite enjoy about now versus five, especially 10 years ago, is we've taken many of the capital cost constraints mm-hmm. out of the way of yep. – Heck, let me give this a try. I mean, as you right. mean, well, let's spin it. Let me spin up an AW instance. Yeah, don't forget to turn it off, by the way. It's expensive. But let me spin up, you know, 62 right. things and see if we can do yada, yada, yada that no one's ever done before. Um, we're, we're, we're starting to be able to, um, to ex- experiment more quickly, more freely without you need five million bucks from a VC right. to even turn the lights on. Yep. Which yep. is ho- hopefully – there's some really positive outcomes on the other on on the other side of that with that affordance for experimentation. Um, I think you're right there too, right? Like, you know, if you have an idea and some basic understanding, you can roll minimally proof of concept, minimum viable product, yeah, right? Like, yeah, yeah, I've got this idea. I think I can knock it out. And yeah. where it used to be, just like. Let me pull in my laptop and show you, you know. <laughs> right, right, right. It's a VB demo, but no, it's really going to be cool. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I, I love it. It's I love amazing. It. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it, it is amazing. You, uh, you're, you live now in Chattanooga, Tennessee, correct? That is correct, yeah. Signal yeah. Mountain, specifically. That's a, that's, a, that's a city that's got an innovation brand all its own because of the um, – the fiber infrastructure, the fiber optic. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that is right. Did that play a role in landing there? Um, kinda. I mean, uh, the the folks that are, I'm sure, watching from Chattanooga. I will. Uh, yes, a hundred percent. hundred percent. No, I mean the the story is uh, my business partner lived here, and uh-huh. uh, they the the community was looking for some wins, mm-hmm. and we offered something they thought was. So, so we were able to raise some seed money to get mm-hmm. started here. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've been very, very supportive of sort of helping us sort of uh, through some slow times, right? Like, uh, how come we're not selling more? I right, don't know. Right. <laughs> right. And if you're, if you're listening and you're not familiar with the backstory, Chattanooga made a really bold leap and put in yep. uh, a city or mut- uh, uh, municipal fiber, yep. fiber infrastructure, mm-hmm. like the, the available bandwidth to – a small business that's going to grow into a multi-billion record business is yep. so good in Chattanooga. And it seems like that's paid off for the area. Has it? I think so. Um, it, you know, it's been interesting. We've seen some startup successes. We have had some of those. Mm-hmm. None of them are from the outside monumental, like, Oh, 
household name. They really, yeah. really. Oh yeah, yeah. eBay started there. No, it right. wasn't yeah. that, right? right? We've had some successes. Um, we have uh, we have a couple of interesting ones right now that are sort of growth industries. Uh, logistics is a big one. Uh, so we should see. You know, it's possible we could see some big stuff coming out of logistics within Chattanooga. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the thing that surprised me, and I think we will also see relatively soon here, is um, where Chattanooga has historically been maybe a little more blue collar, you know, logistics, transportation related stuff, mm-hmm. where technology wasn't necessarily, you know, again, 70s, 80s, wasn't even really on the radar. Right. Chattanooga Choo Choo. And um, with the investment, you now had a workforce catch up with the infrastructure that's here. Yeah. And so the, I, I do believe we will get a big brand, big technology brand uh, come to town and suck up all the talent, right? Um, yeah. Where, yeah. Are, you, are, you know, seeing, and, are you seeing an influx of people there, you know, pandemic movers for lack of a better label? I'll be honest. I haven't left the house in like a year and a half now. <laughs> but you read the news, man. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Uh, yeah, there are people that are moving here. Uh, the 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 interesting thing about the pandemic has been there's a lot of organizations, businesses, people that have said, I am no longer tied to a geographic area. Right. I can live where I want to live. live. Where I want. Yeah, yeah. And what was cool for us, I mean, we got to do that about 10 years before everyone else living in Port Townsend. That was a fantastic opportunity um to live you know within a mile uh, of the water in every direction at the foot of the olympic mountains i mean yeah. there is not like it, the northwest is we've talked about this before it's a beautiful place to live yeah. yeah um and so you know our story has changed where we're now living here on single mountain which is also gorgeous but it's it's different yeah. and so i think what's interesting is the pandemic has made it so that that same story that we sort of or that question that we asked in 2004, could we live in Port Townsend and have a good life? And the answer was yes. Other folks are asking that same question now. And so they're starting to move places like Chattanooga and Bellingham. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Austin, well, what, what, what struck me is where, where Chattanooga might, might be on the radar screen where, where another town of the same size that hadn't made the same innovative shift early is that implicit in the, I can live anywhere is Anywhere there's a good net connection. And that, that is true, right? We have five, we have, you know, we have a full gig coming into our house. Right. Wow. Like, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Which you helps know, when you have to get work done, right? Right. I think I'm going to stream seven movies yeah. while working just while because working. I can. I'm not going to watch them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it was science fiction. I, uh, I was a tele, I was a telecommuter. In 97, I moved from Seattle to Bellingham. Microsoft okay. paid to run a, a, a T1 to my oh, wow. house. And wow. a, a Big T1, deal you were. T, T1 was a huge pipe. Well, I had a boss that just wanted me to stick around. We had a good relationship. Right. But, you know, what was it? A, like a meg, meg and a half? But yeah, that yeah, was T1, like I re- huge at the time. I remember we huge. had a... We had a, I mean, we had a T1 line coming into our whole organization. When I worked at a company called iSalute in, in Bellevue, Washington, uh-huh. yeah. we had a T1 line coming in. It was amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the phone company's going chiching and not realizing yeah. they're about to get sideswiped by that by that cable running down the ditch. Right, uh, right. Yeah, it's, well, I, I, I'll be interested to watch what, what does shape up for Chattanooga. I lived in Austin many moons ago. Okay. 
Um, and I've got I've got friends and uh, relatives there. And you know, Austin is 150 people a day right now yeah. moving. Oh, there. is it really? It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. And Austin's a cool. That's a cool town too, right? I mean, anytime, anytime you have the moniker, keep you know, town name here weird. weird. You yeah. know, it's going to be a good one. Yeah, yeah. And they've actually, I have to say, you know, I go there maybe once a year, although not lately. And they've managed to keep it weird. Although, look, there's a skyscraper above the, uh, you know, right, the, right, the goofy, the goofy little whatever. Um, they can music scene too. <laughs> How do you grow while still maintaining your signature sort of culture? Well, you know, we both we both get time in the Northwest and watching how Seattle, you know, exploded into a city while Portland kind of intentionally kept some clamps on and, yeah. and didn't get as big. I'm not sure that I don't think Portland got on the winning side of that equation, at least from a quality of life perspective. I, yeah, I don't know either. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I like Seattle in the rearview mirror these days. Thanks. Not. <laughs> yeah. 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 Not for a sure. Place to be, but anyway, it's and at the same time, Seattle is accidentally maybe, but it's it's become like cloud central, which is quite astonishing to watch. Yeah. Yeah. And for sure. Amazon plays a big role, obviously, but you got Amazon and Microsoft both like headquarters there. Wow. Well, and there's so so much talent in that. Yeah. In that sort of metropolitan area. Uh, as we've grown as a business, the need for technical, I mean, the stuff that we do, there's only like three people in the world that know how to do it. Right. And so if you don't have one of those people, you have to either become that or train it. Right. 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 And so how do you, how do you like, like the, the need to be in a place where you can find those people mm -hmm. quickly that's where that's where someplace like Seattle is so appealing, right? Which is why you get someone like Google moving in and all of these other brands because it's like Facebook. I bet, I bet if we move there, we could find the senior engineers that can scale Cassandra in a way that no one else can. Yeah, yeah, you know, they yeah. can make it bleed data out. And yeah, yeah. and I mean, it's that. I mean, the number. What is it? The 10x developer. I don't know if you remember that yeah, concept yeah, book. Yeah. You know yeah. that idea, like you know if you hire the right person, maybe it was a hundred X or thousand X. I don't remember what it was, but the whole concept was there's that one person that can do so much work yeah. compared to everyone else. Yeah. It, 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 they just can't make up, make it up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's harder systems at the same time, maybe this is my, maybe this is my, you know, guy who prefers small towns talking. I, I wonder if we'll start to say, you know what talents getting more geographically, distributed um right it was the hard part but you look like open source as a as a innovation network all its own you, you can't always tell where the the next right kick-ass open source library is going right. to come from right which is kind of right. maybe anywhere on the planet which is exceptionally cool yeah, yeah. And, and you're right you're mm -hmm. absolutely right about that um the 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 notion. Have you read? The, there's a great book called The Social Life of Information. Uh, John Seeley Brown and Paul Duguid, written before Facebook existed. Interestingly enough, um, and the essential thesis of that book is the way people actually transfer information is by talking to each other and telling stories. Oh, right. wow, no kidding, really. But now we're all telling stories on Zoom, right? It's not you can't necessarily have the coffee shop or yeah the the coffee and breakfast spot that they studied in that book for uh, Xerox repairman, if I recall right. So right, right. Maybe we're distributing the conversation a bit more. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so we got to wrap it up. So don't tie up your entire day. We're gonna close with the speed round. 
Okay, I love the speed round. Here I've we been go. preparing. I've stretched out for the yeah, speed yeah, round. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm we'll ready. Try, we'll, we'll try not to, to blow, we'll blow a mental hamstring here. Uh, dogs, cats, both or neither? Probably dogs, but I do like the cats too. I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a neither. I'm definitely closer to a bull. I, I, I know the answer to this already from, from the wonderful podcast uh, that you do with Chris Marriott, but uh, wine, beer, cocktail, water, or other? Probably coffee. I mean, that is probably true. Bingo. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, all of the extraction methods, there's so much to it that you can do. Yeah, I like I like yeah, the, yeah. the nuance there. Yeah, the side reference there, if you're listening, is go look for a podcast called Email Drink Email Geeks Drinking Coffee. That's uh yep. we we got, we got to talk to the host here. Uh last one, name a favorite book or author. Uh favorite author is probably Kurt Vonnegut. Uh I've always, always, right. always loved reading his stuff. It's always it, it just it always has a I want to say the twist before M. Night Shyamalan was the twist guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, um, it's creative, it's clever, it's ironic. Usually, uh, it's pretty intelligent read. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very intelligent point of view. Yeah. And quite a craftsman. Like you can almost miss that unless you read a good bit of Vonnegut and you're like, this guy is really good at what he does. And from Indianapolis, Indiana. Did you know that? I did not know that. Wow. Yeah. They have a, like a, they have a, like a museum there for him. It's like a one room museum, but it's still, still it's a still a Kurt Vonnegut museum. <laughs> Welcome to the monkey house. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now he's living still. No, no, he passed away uh, probably in the last 10 years or so. Uh, I mean, he was one of those sort of iconic, like, please just live forever. Can we talk about cloning? You know, we just lost Christopher Plummer today. I'm so bummed. Oh, I didn't know that. Just this morning, like maybe an hour or two ago. Yeah. yeah. Well, ninety-one. Like, yeah, I mean, and he 91. was. Still, he, I watched the watched the film he was in. That was more than a, no more than a year or two old. Like, dude was still on it and and working. Um, sure. Well into his eighties. So salute, right? Right, 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 right. Yeah. Very good. Well, we will have to have another one of these. Th- I want to thank you for coming on. I'm delighted we finally got some time, and it's been yeah. a, it's been a terrific learning experience already for me. Well, I think so. I, again, I'd, I'd like that too. Um, you find the people in the industry that you like, that you connect with, that you trust, and you uh, you spend time with them. Yeah, you spend time with them. You figure out how to build more innovative stuff together. Let's do it. Let's All right, do we're it. Signing off with uh, Paul Schreiner from Audience Point. You can find about their biz, more about their business on audiencepoint.com. For yeah. the future of email marketing, this is Matthew Dunn signing off. Hi, Dr. Matthew Dunn here. Thank you so much for listening to The Future of Email. If you're an email industry exec or marketer and you're interested in being a guest, please apply at campaigngenius.io slash futureofemail. If this interview was useful for you, please consider sharing it. Grab a screenshot and post it and text it and, of course, email it to your friends. If you know someone who you think would be a good guest, tag them in your post and include the hashtag future of email. I really appreciate seeing guest suggestions. It helps us a ton to keep the show interesting. We do put out new episodes and new content fairly regularly. To keep up, I would suggest subscribing. Your sharing, your rating, your reviews are the key to promoting to the show and they mean a ton to me and to the team here. If you want to know more, go to our website, campaigngenius.io slash futureofemail or 
Follow me on LinkedIn. Search for Dr. Matthew Dunn. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.